Are you happy you came to church? I'm happy you came to church. Today, I want to talk to you about divine interruptions. Divine, I believe God wants you to have a divine interruption this morning in this church service. He wants to interrupt whatever's been happening in your life. He wants to interrupt the argument you had on the way to church. He wants to interrupt your text messages right now. He wants to interrupt you with a divine word, a divine mandate. Really, the Christmas story is about divine interruptions. When we look at Matthew 1, verse 18 through verse 19, it says, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, that his mother Mary was betrothed to jo Joseph, and before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. She got interrupted by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away. And this is where we're gonna stop because Joseph needed a divine interruption before he was about to make a really bad decision. And this morning, I think you might need a divine interruption before you make any type of decision in Jesus' name. If you're new to Victory, we're so glad you're here. We say a declaration before every sermon. We're gonna put it on the screen and we're gonna say it together on the count of three with joy and excitement for God to speak to us today. This is our Victory Confession. Here we go, one, two, three on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Lord, we thank you for victory. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for courage in this place, bravery in this place, faith in this place healing here today. Lord, do something fresh inside of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give someone a high five and say, get ready to be interrupted. 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 I don't think anybody in this room likes interruptions. I, I mean, interruptions for me are a pet peeve. If I'm studying and all of a sudden my son Liam walks in or Ashley walks in and interrupts my studying or when I'm talking and I'm in the middle of a good story. You mean and you love it when I do this? You would interrupt me as I'm talking about interruptions. You're right, it's what I do. I'll sit down now, I'll sit down. Thank you for that illustration. Yeah, when you're in the middle of saying something and you've got this train of thought and you're trying to go somewhere and all of a sudden someone interrupts but you. But I got something to say. Can we turn her mic off in Jesus' name? No, I'm just kidding. I love you, honey. I love you too, but I'll keep interrupting. Okay. Not today. Not today. Are you done? All right. Let's yeah, for real turn it off. Um, I'm just kidding, but for real. Hey, listen. I love you guys. <laughs> but for real, interruptions... They're kind of a pet peeve. Anybody else agree with me? Like when you're talking, for me and Ashley, our first year of marriage, we had to get used to, you know, letting each other finish a sentence before we chimed in with an interruption. And, uh, and we had to finally set some boundaries. Like, you're gonna let me finish my story when we're in public or with others uh, before you chime in. But there was one like clause, there was one uh, unless the story's being told inaccurate, then I can come in and tell the facts and get, fill in the gaps and make sure it's all straight. But you know, I think about the Christmas story, it's a story of interruptions. And every year I read the Christmas story, I've now been preaching uh, for eight years the Christmas story, and every year I think about 
a new angle, a new perspective on the Christmas story. It's not like you can change the message around Christmas, but the main thing is to see it through a new lens. And so this year, as I was reading it and kind of just studying it, it was like God started jumping off the pages. This is a story of divine interruptions. And that it's not just a story for them experiencing divine interruptions, but it's really a story for you and I to open up our hearts for God to bring a divine interruption into our lives. And so the first interruption I want us to look at is the interruption between Gabriel and Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 there's an interruption that happens, and, and Gabriel was sent by God as an angel to a town uh, in Galilee called Nazareth. Verse 27, he was sent to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph from the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, so in other words, the angel just steps in, uninvited, unannounced, just interrupts Mary's private time. Mary was by herself. She wasn't with her family. She wasn't with Joseph. She was having some private time. And all of a sudden, this angel just bursts in, right? Just appears. But he doesn't just interrupt her physically. He interrupts her verbally. And he says these words. He says, rejoice, <laughs> highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, in this moment, Mary's kind of confused. She's like, where did this come from? What just happened? Why is there an angel talking to me, interrupting my private time? This angel comes in and interrupts her. And this is what God spoke to me, this to you, to say to you. Are you willing to be interrupted by God? Are you willing to let God's presence interrupt your space, interrupt your private time? Even as my mom was sharing earlier about reading the word of God, are you willing to let God's word interrupt your thoughts? interrupt what's happening in your life? Are you willing to let God interrupt you to birth something new in you this Christmas, to bring something fresh inside you this Christmas? Are you willing for the new thing to happen inside you? See, God's looking for people who are willing to be interrupted. Mary wasn't a perfect girl. She needed a savior just like you and me, but you know what set Mary apart is that she was open. I think that word open is not used enough. We don't think about it enough, and yet we say it every Sunday. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. What we're saying is, Lord, I'm open to your interruptions. I'm open to you doing something fresh inside of me. Mary was open. She was open for God to do something new and fresh, and yet the angel is also another part of this interruption. Gabriel was used by God to be an interrupting voice in Mary's life. God used Gabriel to be an interrupting voice of hope, an interrupting voice of faith, an interrupting voice of peace. And I think God wants to use you and I to be an interrupting voice of hope, an interrupting voice of faith in someone's fear, an interrupting voice of peace when there's strife in our home. I wonder if you would let God use your voice instead of interrupting with negative words, what if God could use your voice to interrupt with positive words? What if this week, instead of speaking criticism and sarcasm, you started speaking hope and grace and peace was on your lips? Can God use you to be a divine interruption? This is what God started telling me as I was reading the story. God said, Paul, can I use you the way that I used Gabriel? Can I use you to do what Gabriel did for Mary? Can I use you to do that for someone else? To interrupt the narrative that's happening in their life? with divine encouragement, divine hope. The angel didn't just come in and say, hey, Mary, 
What's wrong with you? No, the angel came in with a voice of hope. Mary, you're blessed. Mary, favor has found you. Mary, there's joy that's interrupting your, your, your loneliness. Whatever you're walking through, the angel's saying, God is not finished with you yet. God has something great that he wants to do in you this Christmas. Mary, God wants to use you in an incredible way. He wants to birth something in you, and someone needs to hear that in your life. Someone is counting on you to be what Gabriel was for Mary. God's wanting you to be for somebody else. Can he use you as an interrupting voice? Now, Mary's thinking about this. She's pondering this, and she's listening as the angel is saying, Mary, you're about to conceive something that's not from you. And it's not from man, it's only from God. And, and Mary's thinking about it, she's going, huh? Verse, verse 34, it says, she goes, how? How is this going to happen? Anybody ever ask the question, how? Whenever you're thinking about like something that, that God said is going to happen, or maybe a prophecy was spoken, or maybe someone shares a vision, and your immediate response is how? Yeah, me and Ashley, we do this all the time when we're talking about ideas. How oftentimes can get in the way of the Holy Spirit. How oftentimes can blind us from seeing the power of God that supersedes our how. Sometimes we're so stuck at how. How camps out at doubt. How camps out at the base of fear. How camps out in a place of criticism. See, if faith is at the mountaintop, how is at the valley. How is down here going, I don't know how this miracle is going to happen. I don't know how my marriage is going to make it. I don't know how God's going to provide the finances for us this Christmas. I don't know how financially I'm going to pay for school. I don't know how it's going to, and you can camp out at how as long as you want. There's a lot of people who do, and they miss out on the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, if you'll get over your how, I've got a Holy Spirit that can get you to the top of the mountain. You can't do it on your own, but I've got a Holy Spirit. This is what the angel says in verse 35. Here's how the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will make up what you're trying to do in the natural that you can't do. God's going to do in the supernatural that only he can do. The Holy Spirit is going to show up this Christmas in a divine way. Can God interrupt you? Can he interrupt your thoughts this morning? Can he interrupt your plans this Christmas? Can he interrupt your hows? Maybe right now you're stuck at a few hows. How is this relationship gonna work? How am I ever gonna get married? How am I ever gonna have a healthy marriage with all the stuff that I've done? See, Mary could have started looking at the reasons why she couldn't be used by God. And a lot of us do. We look at who we are. Well, I'm, I'm too young. I'm too old, I'm a virgin, I can't do this, I'm not that, I, I, I've made too many mistakes. Then we look at what we've done, not just who we are, but what we've done. And you know what God says after we've given him all the excuses? He says, even after all your mistakes, even after all the sex, even after all the stuff you've put inside your body, I still wanna use you. Even after your age, even after uh, what, what your parents did to you, even after what your family's done to you, I still wanna use you. I still have a plan for you. I'm still not finished with you yet. God says, it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit moving in you for something that's meant to bless the world. God says, Mary, you don't get it. My interruption in your life Yes, it has to do with you, but it really has to do with the whole world. And maybe the interruption God's trying to bring in your life is less about you and more about your family experiencing Jesus this Christmas. I love what the angel says next to Mary. She, the angel says, and by the way, Mary, 
not only is the Holy Spirit going to come upon you and help you, no word from God will ever fail. Nothing that God has said will happen is gonna fall to the ground. His word is not void of power. Everything God said will be done, will be done. Nothing is impossible for God. You don't understand this morning. I came to interrupt the narrative in your mind. I came to interrupt you. I'm the interrupting voice. How many of y'all heard that joke, knock, knock? Interrupting cow. Moo. You know, y'all know that joke? Okay, I know that joke. I used to hate that joke, right? You say, knock, knock, who's there? Interrupting cow. And as they're saying, interrupting cow, who moo? You see the moo right there? Interrupts. Yeah, but here's the deal. This morning, you guys are like, he is wild this morning. I didn't even drink coffee. Come on, somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm on the most high right now. I came to interrupt you. Because I think some people in this room have a narrative going on in your mind saying, I don't know how God's going to use me. I've missed it. I've messed up. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm the wrong candidate. And God says, stop. With an interrupting voice of hope, he says, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I haven't left you. I still have a plan for your marriage. I still have a plan for your health. I'm going to interrupt your sickness with some healing this morning. I'm going to interrupt your bondage with some freedom this morning. I'm going to interrupt your depression with some peace this morning. If you'll just let me interrupt the thoughts you've been thinking and the words you've been speaking, I promise you I will not leave you. And I think this is the thing. Sometimes we think an interruption is a bad thing. When in reality, an interruption is really an invitation to experience God in a greater way. For Mary, this interruption was actually inviting her on an adventure that was bigger and greater than anything she would ever do. Right? God's saying, if you'll let this interruption happen, and so Mary does. She accepts the interruption. And so let's move on to the second thing that happens. Verse 39. Now I want to look at another interruption. Mary and Elizabeth. Verse 39, it says, Mary was so excited, she's conceived this this new thing, this new dream that's being birthed in her, Jesus is now filling up her belly. I mean, she is filled with the Holy Spirit. So she runs to her cousin's house, Elizabeth. She finds out Elizabeth is also pregnant too. She's been pregnant now for many months. And so Mary goes and runs to her house and she enters the house of Zechariah. Now listen to this. Mary didn't go to Joseph first. She didn't go to her parents first. So immediately as she has conceived, she is going by herself on a journey to visit Elizabeth. Here she is, pregnant as a teenager, hadn't talked to her fiance yet. She goes away on this long journey. She goes to visit Elizabeth, and she hasn't had a conversation with anybody yet that we see in, in the records. I mean, she hasn't talked to her mom about it. She hasn't talked to her grandma. She hasn't talked to her dad. She hasn't talked to Joseph. So this is the first conversation she has with a person about what's happening inside her. And so she goes to Elizabeth. Now, on the other hand, Elizabeth, her cousin, she's been pregnant for a while. It says she hadn't felt a kick in a while. I wonder if maybe God spoke something to you, but you haven't felt the kick in a while. You haven't felt whether it's still there. Is the dream still inside me? Is the potential still inside me? Is the prophecy they spoke over me still going to come to pass? See, Elizabeth needed a divine interruption. She was sitting in her house, and by the way, Elizabeth, in her old age, God interrupted Elizabeth and impregnated her and Zechariah with baby boy, uh, John the Baptist, was sitting inside of Elizabeth's belly. And so here Elizabeth is sitting at home, 
and she's wondering, is the baby still in there? Is the dream still alive? Have you ever wondered if it's still there? Is it still alive? I have. I remember when I was 15, someone spoke a prophetic word over me. Paul, you're going to be a pastor one day, and you're going to help lead this church. And I go, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I was 15 years old. I did not see that happen. I was the wrong choice. I was the last one, the youngest out of four. No, it's not me. It's somebody else. But then as time went on, I saw little hints, little glimpses of maybe that prophetic word had some weight to it. Maybe, maybe it was going to come to pass. I turned 23, 24. And sometimes you go through seasons where there's no kick, where you just aren't sure if the dream or the prophetic word is still going to come to pass. And you're just hoping, God, send me a sign. Send me somebody to affirm, to tell me that there's still something inside me. I think this is where Elizabeth was at. I think she was waiting in her house just for a sign from God, a divine interruption, and all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And when she heard the knock on the door, it says that Elizabeth felt a kick in her belly. The baby leaped in her womb, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. When Mary opened the door, sparks flew. There was a divine interruption, a divine connection. And this morning, I think God's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's wanting the sparks to fly. There's still a dream inside you. There's still potential inside you. God's not finished with you yet. You're not being pushed out to pasture. God still has a plan for you. You're not too young. You're not too old. The prophetic word that was spoken over you will come to pass in Jesus' name. Just feel the baby leap inside you. That business, that dream, that marriage, that restoration, that idea that you've been sitting on that's been on the shelf, God says, pull it back out. Sometimes we just need a divine interruption. And Elizabeth felt it. She felt it. And her response to Mary, I love this. She says, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this, why has the, the mother of my Lord come and granted me the opportunity to visit in my house? So God used Mary as a divine interruption in Elizabeth's life, and then God used Elizabeth as a divine, ironically, interruption back into Mary's life. And here's the point. Sometimes while you're waiting on your uh, divine interruption from somebody else, you got to go and be it to somebody else. While you're waiting for, for your Mary to come and knock on the door, maybe God's calling you to be a Mary to go knock on someone else's door and affirm them and encourage them and speak life into them. Don't just wait for someone to come and do it for you. Go and be it for somebody else this week. Go and speak hope to somebody. Text them. Send them a Facebook message. Let them know God's not forgotten about you. He's still got you on his mind. That dream's still alive in your heart. God wants to use you to be an interruption of hope in somebody's life this week. God wants to use you to be an interruption of peace in somebody's life this week. There's someone you know that's fighting depression, and they need to know there's peace that passes all understanding that's knocking at the door of their heart. They need to know there's hope even in the difficult times they're walking through. Someone's going through a divorce, and here's an interruption of hope. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. I know it's dark. I know it's difficult, you feel lonely, you feel abandoned, you feel trapped, you feel like nobody knows, but God knows, and he hasn't forgotten about you, and he's not throwing you out, and he's not throwing you away, he still has a plan for you. Would you be willing to let God use you as an interruption in somebody's life, a divine interruption, 
See, what Gabriel was to Mary, Mary was to Elizabeth. And what Mary was to Elizabeth, Elizabeth was back to Mary. A divine interruption. Elizabeth says to Mary, Mary, you're blessed. I don't know if you've had any conversations since God spoke to you, but let me be the first one to say, you got favor, girl, all over you. I can feel it. The Holy Spirit's been working in you. I know you're a teenager. You might say you're too young, but girl, I just want to tell you, you're not too young. God's got his hand on your life. Wow, God's going to use you in an incredible way, Mary. See, Elizabeth, listen to this. Please, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, hear this. You can never over-affirm the young spiritual sons and daughters in your life. Elizabeth just began to shower Mary with affirmation. You're blessed. God's all over you. God's inside you. There's something. There's a calling on your life. It's bigger than we can imagine. Can you imagine how Mary felt as she's listening to this older woman that she knows has been faithful to God? She's listening. And she's, she's a teenager. She hasn't talked to mommy yet. She hasn't talked to daddy yet. She's wrestling with the criticism and the fear of, is my family going to reject me when they find out I'm a teenager and I'm pregnant? Is Joseph going to leave me, my fiance, when he finds out? And so here in the middle of her narrative in her mind, Elizabeth interrupts her with these words of affirmation. Mary, this is from God. God's got his hand on you. The kids of this church and the teenagers of this church need to hear from the parents and the grandparents of this church. God's got his hand on you. God loves you. He's for you. My dad used to always say to young kids, the word is working in you. The Lord is working. There used to be some kids that I knew were like in crazy stuff, like all kinds of drugs, all kinds of partying. And even I think my dad knew too. But instead of cursing the darkness or defining the darkness, he just said, wow, God's got a plan on your life, son. You're a champion. You're a mighty man of God. Whoa, man, God's working in you. The word is working in you. And even the parents would be looking at my dad like, nah, it ain't working. <laughs> we need it to where we got to cast some demons out of him, you know. I wonder if God could use you to be an interrupting voice of affirmation in a young person's life. And I love how God used not just the old to affirm the young, but God used the young to affirm the old. Young people. God doesn't want you to just speak to the young people. God wants you to affirm the older people. God used Mary to tell Elizabeth, Elizabeth, you're not too old. God still has a plan on your life. What's inside you is from the Holy Spirit. And I came to just let you know God's working in both generations. God's got a plan for both generations. Come on, this is a sermon you need this morning. A divine interruption this morning. The change that Mary was experiencing was painful. And all change is painful. The truth is, any change is going to involve some pain. But when you know the purpose behind the change, you can push through the pain. Mary understood that this, this change that's happening inside of her, as painful as it is, it has a huge purpose. And if you're walking through something that's painful right now, you need to know there's a purpose behind the pain. God wants to use this pain. He didn't cause the pain, but he wants to use the pain to be a testimony of his power in your weakness. When you couldn't do it on your own, his Holy Spirit showed up, push through the pain. Last interruption I want to look at. And keys come on up. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is the last interruption we're going to look at. It's the interruption between Joseph and Gabriel. Verse 18, Joseph found out Mary was pregnant. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now hold on here. 
<laughs> Mary experienced this incredible conception and encounter with God. And she goes off to Elizabeth. For three and a half months, she's over here in this other place. Joseph doesn't see her. So Joseph has no clue what's happened to Mary. He, he didn't even know. And all of a sudden, Mary comes back, and all Joseph sees is a bump. He's like, hold up. What's been happening? Where you been, girl? She goes, Joseph, it's not what you think. There was an angel. Let me meet this angel. Where's angel at? I'm going to go to Angel's house right now. <laughs> Joseph is confused. Joseph is going, what? God, I'm a good man. Verse 19 says, Joseph was a righteous man. He was a man who feared the Lord, a man who went to church. And he's going, wait, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. I, I feel like I've been working hard. I've been saving myself. I've been pure. I haven't been looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at. I haven't been doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. I, I haven't cheated. I haven't lied. Why is this happening? You got to understand, Joseph didn't know all the facts yet. Don't think Joseph, all the, all, as soon as Mary told him that he was all good. No, he wasn't. He was ready to end this. And in fact, he had the right to stone her because in those days, if a woman was found to be pregnant outside of marriage, they would stone the girl. I mean, it was, it was very condemning culture back then until Jesus showed up. But Joseph realized, you know, I, I don't want to kill her, but I also don't want to raise that baby that's not mine. I don't want to raise that kid. That's not my kid. Joseph was, he had the right. I mean, he was feeling frustrated. He was mad. He was angry. He was confused. God, why did this happen? What, what's going on here? Joseph doesn't get a lot of thought. I mean, he doesn't, uh, when we read the Christmas story, Joseph is usually the, the last character we think about. And yet, there's something so powerful about Joseph's testimony. Joseph doesn't even get a line in the Christmas story. The shepherds get to talk. Elizabeth gets to talk. Mary gets to talk. Even the donkey gets to say something. I mean, nay, right? Yeah, I mean, the wise men get to talk. Simeon and Anna get to talk. But Joseph doesn't even get a line. He gets no words. All we see is Joseph thinking. He had a lot that was going on up here. But he wasn't able to verbalize it out here. That's the case for a lot of men. We have a lot of thoughts. We just don't know how to say it. Joseph's thinking. He's thinking. He's reasoning. What's going on? What's going on? He's having these internal conversations, and sometimes we are so crowded in our mind by the chatter of our own voice in our head. Even preachers. Preachers are probably the worst about this. We need to be daily interrupted by God. There's often times where I'm preaching, and there's all kinds of voices. I'm not crazy, but there are all kinds of words coming on in my head. They're bored, they're getting up, they're leaving, they're, they're done with you, they don't like this sermon, they're, they're tired of you, just get off the stage, all these kind of voices, and sometimes we just need to go. Sometimes we just need to be still and have a divine interruption. I need God on a daily basis to interrupt my thoughts, to interrupt my words, to interrupt the, the spiraling, the track that I'm going down of fear, to interrupt the track of negativity, of defeat. God wants to do it for you right now. He wants to interrupt the thoughts, the things that you're feeling, the feelings, the, the words you've been saying to yourself inside your head. Joseph had been thinking. He had been reasoning and logic. And it says, verse 19, uh, that, that Joseph had, had prepared. He had minded. 
Look at that word minded. He had minded. In other words, his mind was so full of his own ideas. He was thinking, I'm just going to, I'm going to get rid of her secretly. In other words, I'm going to cut this marriage off and maybe she can go and have the baby in another town. And he had come up to it with his own idea and his own logic, his own reasoning. And finally, after he'd done all the thinking, God's like, okay, you ready for me to weigh in now? Now that you've had all this thinking, can I have a word now? Can I finally interrupt your thoughts? You, you've had enough time to logically reason this out. You came up with your best idea. You're just going to get rid of this girl. Joseph, don't miss this. Don't miss this. And so in verse 20, it says, while he was thinking, <laughs> while Joseph was thinking, what a thinker on all of these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Sometimes God has to knock you out to wake you up. Sometimes God has to get you to go to sleep to finally wake up, to finally realize that this is from God. No matter how many times your wife tells you, you won't believe it until God finally tells you. That's the case for me sometimes. My wife has told me something over and over and over, and then, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then God says it, and I'm like, Ashley, guess what God told me? She's like, I've been telling you that for a long time. <laughs> but sometimes men and women we can be so hard-headed so stubborn we've come to our own reasoning our own logic I've thought hard about this I went to school I studied I know how to think I came up with my best idea and finally at the end of our thinking God's like can I interrupt your thinking now can I come in with my own narrative here and God says Joseph son of David by the way the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 is incredible the ancestry of Joseph, he came from a long line of some messy family members. If you read the first 17 verses of Matthew, you might miss the real point of those 17 verses. You should read it this week. There's scandal after scandal. There's, I mean, there's messy stuff. There's murders, there's adultery, there's Rahab in there, there's Bathsheba in there. But here's what I get from that. God loves to work through messy families. Don't think your family's too messed up for God to do something through. God might just pick your family to bring the Savior through into the world. God picked Joseph's family, a family with a lot of messed up thieves, a lot of messed up people, and yet God said, I'm going to use Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, the one who lied, the one who stole his brother's birthright, the one who finally got his name changed to Israel. I'm going to use that family. And Judah, the one, yeah, 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 the one that was born from the, the, the wife that Jacob didn't love. He actually loved Rachel, but Leah born Judah. I'm going to use that family, the family that has a lot of history, the family that's got a lot of mistakes. I'm going to send my son through that family. And so Joseph, son of David, God's speaking to him. Joseph, don't discount yourself. Don't throw this away. Do not be afraid. That's the word for the church right now. Do not be afraid about ISIS. Do not be afraid about terrorist attacks. Do not be afraid about what's coming. Do not be afraid. If there was ever a time to hear these words, that the angel said to Joseph, it's right now, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Emmanuel is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife, for what is inside of her is from the Holy Spirit. 
and she will bring forth a son and you get the naming rights. I'm gonna let you name your future. I'm gonna let you name what's coming your way. I'm gonna give you the chance to name what's in front of you. God's given you the power to name what's in front of you. I don't know about you, but I wanna name my future Jesus. I wanna name my past Jesus, covered by Jesus, my present covered by Jesus, and my future certainly covered by Jesus. Jesus behind me, Jesus before me, Jesus inside me, Jesus above me, Jesus beneath me, His grace surrounds me, His power's inside me, His hope is overflowing from me, Jesus. And so while he was sleeping, isn't it amazing that some of the best miracles happen while you're sleeping? Because it's at the end of your striving that God says, you can't do this on your own. I'm gonna do this. My grace. God loves to show it while we're sleeping. He says, I'm gonna show it while you're sleeping so that you know I'm God and you're not. I mean, think about Adam. The best gift that Adam got didn't come while he was awake. It came while he was asleep. God took his rib and made the woman. God wants to give you something great this Christmas, but you've got to rest and trust in his way and his timing. He wants to interrupt you this year. And you know, Joseph wakes up from his slumber. Verse 24, it says that Joseph woke up and immediately he obeyed. You don't have to fully comprehend to fully obey. You don't have to fully understand to be fully devoted to God. God's not asking if you fully get it. He's asking if you'll fully obey it. He's not asking if you totally comprehend it. There's just some things you can't comprehend in your own logic. Joseph just woke up and goes, okay, I'm all in, God. Whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to do through me. And by the way, the dream Joseph had of marrying that girl and having his own kids, God still gave him that dream. Him and Mary, after Jesus, they were able to have more kids. Sometimes we're afraid to let God interrupt our plans because we think our plans will never work out. But God says, I've got a greater purpose inside of your plans and you're still gonna get to see those dreams fulfilled. But let me interrupt what's happening right now in your life. Stand up on your feet all over this room. God wants to have a divine interruption in you this morning and through you this week. He wants to use you to be an interrupting voice of hope, an interrupting voice of grace, an interrupting voice of forgiveness, an interrupting voice of healing. And this morning, He wants to interrupt your thoughts and your words.